You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where I get to interview Emma Dumont. Yes, Emma Dumont, who played Lorna Dane in The Gifted. She very generously gave of her time, came on the show. We talked about a lot of things, found out we had an eerie amount of things in common, which I thought was kind of funny. So we had a really great time talking, and I'm really looking forward to all of you listening to that interview. I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping right now. Yes, I did promise this interview four weeks ago, and so what's happened is I've had both some family issues that have come up, although those are relatively minor, and I've also had some health issues come up. I don't want to get too deep into it. It's nothing serious, nothing life-threatening. I did go to the hospital at one point. But it was outpatient kind of stuff. It was not too serious. It's just something that's concerning. It did affect my day and it did make things hard to get done. And I did miss some work and other things as well. So it wasn't just the podcast that suffered. Just let you know that much. So we should be back now. Uh, Ben, thankfully. Ben, oh my god, I I should mention Ben. Ben rose to the occasion and edited four panels that we had already recorded. And those are the four that you've heard these last four weeks. So Ben, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for keeping the show running. Because in the past, when I've had issues like this, the show's just basically gone on hiatus for weeks. And I didn't want to do that. I definitely want to keep up with the release schedule. I don't want that to happen again. So we were able to continue releasing episodes. It was just that the interviews, which I always take more of a personal hand in, you know, I I pride myself on the fact that it's transparent to all of you listening that you never know which ones are the ones that I edit and which ones are the ones that Ben edits. But the interviews, I will just say, I am always the editor on the interviews. Just because if somebody's coming and talking to me, giving of their time, then I feel like I should be the one that does the editing to make sure that they sound their best. And I just want to have that sort of personal control over that. So anyway, so that's why this interview has been delayed. Emma, if you're listening to this, I really apologize that it is out several weeks later than I told you it would be. But yeah, I don't want to natter on too long here before we get into the show. I will just mention that as we've been doing the last few interviews, we're not going to have an outro at the end because I feel like it feels more organic that as the interview ends, so does the episode instead of me coming in afterwards and being like, well, everybody, hope you enjoyed the interview, blah, blah, blah. So I'll just put in the plugs here. You can check me out also on time streams. If you're interested in two people talking about Doctor Who, you can also check me out on Legendary Forces. 
where a few of my friends and I were all talking about Star Wars and sort of like the evolving Star Wars universe and notions of canon and continuity and all that kind of stuff. So if those things sound interesting to you, check those out. There's also the ESO Network Patreon, where you can support all the shows on the network. Just go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. And if you want to talk to us in other aspects, you can go to our website, which is 42cast.com. You can email me at everything at 42cast.com, or you can go to our Facebook, facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can message us at 42cast on either Twitter or Instagram. So there you go. Quick plugs there. And uh, yeah, before we join the interview, we will pause for a moment for a promo from another fine podcast. And then we will get to the conversation with Emma Dumont. Comic-Cons are back. Fans are ready. Hear all about it on The Con Guy Show, where we keep you up to date on all the events, the movies, the people, and the conventions that drive your passions and feed your fandom. Straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California, we are proud members of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And we're back. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, we have our most magnetic personality that we've ever had on the show with Emma Dumont. Emma, welcome to the 42 cast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad we could work this out and you could have the time to be on here because we covered The Gifted as part of the show. And I was so sad when it went off the air. So I love talking to anybody that I can associated with it. <laughs> Yeah, you spoke with Skylar as well, right? Yes, yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, she's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. That's so cool. Yeah, I was also pretty bummed that we entered it so soon. I think there was a lot of cool plots to explore that didn't we didn't really get to. We only we only just started being able to really like imply things like the magneto of it all mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you know, Blink only just got her sort of like real for real power powers. So yeah, I was I was excited to see what season three would hold. But you know, it was fun while it lasted. And we all had a blast. Yeah, I think I told you before when we spoke, it is the thing that I think has come closest to the feel of the comics as far as an adaptation, because you know, as television, it's a serialized format, whereas movies are very standalone. And I felt like even though not all the characters were characters from the comics, it brought the feeling of X-Men and the idea of the mutant plight far better than you can do in a trilogy of two-hour movies. That's like the biggest compliment I've ever heard about the show ever. Thank you for saying that. I think we we did. We tried. We always use the term street level. It was street level mm-hmm. mutants. You know, they didn't have these big fancy powers. Some of them couldn't control their powers. We feature very young, young characters on our show that were just now discovering their powers. So there was a lot of sort of like turmoil. And of course, the underlying theme throughout is is prejudice and that, and that they face that. So it was um, it wasn't super light. <laughs> it wasn't a comedy. But I, I thank you for saying that about 
about the show. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, no, because I mean, I follow all the X-Men related stuff. So I'm nothing if not opinionated about it. (laughs) That's great. It's good. Yeah, that's good. You know your stuff. You have a right to have an opinion. I love it. Are you, have you seen the uh, the New Mutants? The New Mutants movie? Yeah. Yeah. I was not as fond of that as I was at the beginning. <laughs> I think many people have said that. I have not seen it. So uh, yeah, my it. favorites of the movies are X2, which was okay. the second one with like the original like yeah. cast that they had, and Days of Future Past. Oh, of course. The the big, the big star. Um, oh my gosh, you know what I saw just today? I was scrolling through the internet as as we do and taking a break and procrastinating. And I saw a back behind the scenes video of Jennifer Lawrence getting her mystique on the mm-hmm. body uh effects, the special effects. And it is outstanding. And absolutely um, impeccable work, but I do understand why she left that role because I didn't. I, I didn't understand before, but I I do I do now. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how long she had to spend, but that's a full body makeup. That's head to toe. Like that's yeah. crazy. It was seven hours of being hand painted and airbrushed, and they had to individually apply her prosthesis, which were these very small sort of scales. I mean, we all know what Mystique looks like, and but they were very small and props to her and, of course, all these special effects artists. I think they said it was a team of six women who, who did it over the seven hours. And I just, the artistry, the it's perfection because, you know, we watch the films and we're like, oh, it must be CGI or this must have a lot of digital effects going into it. They must get a lot of post-production help, but I, I'm, it's, it's so impressive, but it looks like just the everyday on someone's phone video, right? So anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's super random. <laughs> no, it's I fine. Just, I mean, it's not like I wasn't even planning to ask you, but it made me think of asking you, like, was the green hair, like, did you dye your hair or was that like a wig that they gave you to put I, on? Oh my goodness, Nathan, I was desperate to dye my hair. I desperately wanted to dye my hair, but so the thing about the color green for I think anyone, I know nothing about art, but anyone who is an artist of any capacity, painters, um, a hair colorist, I, I think will tell you green is like one of the most, the hardest colors to dye hair because there are so many different shades of green and it sits like on a specific spot in the color wheel. And so it could be like ashy or yellow or have red undertones or purple under, it's like so many things can't go into the green and actually they put in a lot of work to find sort of that perfect i would call like emerald sort of green like it really truly was gem like so i did not get to have my hair that color because it would have been so much work also we had to shoot flashbacks where i had to have Mm. the black hair so no i did not get to have the green hair but i had i think 14 altogether wigs and hair pieces of some sort Mm -hmm. so it was definitely a big big venture and our hair designer killed it it was so good i love the hair i love the green Ugh. yeah i gotta tell you because in the pilot you have the dark hair yeah and so i kept saying if they're doing polaris why is it dark hair and then of course in the second episode they have you taking the shower and like the dark washes and you realize oh she dyed her hair to pass as human you know and that's a thing but i was much happier when there was the green hair because i was like why would you yeah no me too me too and i i thought that was such an amazing thing they did for lorna that they did the sort of evolution because again it is street level this isn't they're not out there being heroes or anti-heroes 
they're in hiding. And so I thought that was like a very cool personal touch that they added and then quickly revealed in episode two because I don't think anyone was a fan of the keeping the black. I think we all wanted to see the green, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Part of when I do this, when I get somebody in, talk to them about their careers and whatnot, you know, I like to do a little bit of background conversation. And of course, as I learn more and more about you and I do research, I have to ask, are you real? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I think so. Who knows? We're in a simulation. Um, yes, I am real. Why do you ask? It's just every time I read something about you, I'm like, oh, that's yet another skill or another talent that oh, you have that I did my... not know about before. No, no, they're all just hobbies. I'm very, I'm not good at any of the things I enjoy doing, but I do enjoy a lot of different things. <laughs> but thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> but yeah, so I believe you started in ballet when you were three. Is that right? I did. Yes, that was a that was something I did most of my life and I actually stopped dancing I believe at 16 and then a year or two later I got a role on a television show that required a lot of dancing and I was very out of shape <laughs> when it came to dance and it was such an amazing experience because it sort of rekindled something in me where I was like oh wait I really enjoy this and then I started dancing again and I actually went on a summer program to the Bolshoi Ballet in Moscow. And yeah, it was like a second, a second life, a second try, as you will, as an adult, because I was like 17, 18, 19, which normally isn't the thing. Normally people dance till they're like 12, 13, 14, and then they, they quit or they continue on to be a professional. So I was lucky enough to have that opportunity with ABC family and sort of realize that I, I really do enjoy dancing and it's very fun and it's good for your body and all those good things. So yeah, since three and I did actually ballet was never something I was super great at. I excelled more at tap dancing. <laughs> so that was always really like, I was so lucky. I grew up in Seattle, Washington, and they actually had a tap company called Johnson and Peters. And it was, you know how there's like big ballet companies like ABT, um, PNB, all these, all these places. It was like that, but for tap. So it was an entire professional company and they had a school attached. And I got to learn from some of the most amazing dancers. So yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. But yeah, so you, you do start at three. And I think there are a lot of things that start at three too, like tennis, like all those tennis kids that are like, yeah no no I mean I know some people do I yeah I do sometimes wonder about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, with, yeah yeah like starting kids so young in a, in a particular thing it's crazy because my thing and again I don't have kids and I'm I'm never gonna try to parent shame anyone but I don't know that I had at three the passion for dance if you will <laughs> or the passion for violin but it was something I was I was put into so you know Oh, did you also start the violin at three? I think three or four. I was in oh, the Suzuki wow. program and there were students even younger than me in my program. So yes, they start very young and the violins are very tiny. They're so teeny tiny. They're so cute. Oh yeah. I was actually at a music store the other day and I actually saw violins. Like I didn't know they made violins yeah, that small. Like, They're just like this little thing. Teeny tiny. Like how does that produce any sound? Wait, why were you at the music store? Well, my daughter's uh, one plays cello, the other plays clarinet. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. 
congratulations. No, thank you. you. Musicians <laughs> in the family. That's amazing. I also play the viola. Oh my God. You know how I feel about the viola. I am in love with the viola. It's an endangered instrument. I think oh no, more people... I know. Like, yeah. Like... Yeah, you're like, I know. You don't got to tell yeah. me. But really, more people <laughs> should play it. So I, I, I'm also in love with the cello. I wanted to, when I switched from violin to viola, I wanted to play cello so desperately, but they were so big. They were so big. And I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, they come in different sizes, just like the violin. So when you're smaller, you can play a smaller cello. For sure. Except for I wasn't smaller. I think I was 5'3 at like eight years old. So <laughs> I'm very tall. And I was tall from the beginning. There was no question. And clarinet, oh my goodness. Clarinet and oboe are are two of my favorite band instruments. Mm. Just amazing. Oh, I guess I'm flute too. And piccolo. I guess they're related. <laughs> but anyway. Like I- all the instruments. <laughs> they're all they're all great. No, actually, I mean like nowhere near to your degree where you were able to rekindle your ballet and actually travel with it. But I actually picked up the my viola for the first time in years this past summer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we had like a community orchestra thing. The orchestra teacher at the high school here wanted to start up something over the summer, which she called Community Orchestra, where she was just like, anyone in the community that plays an instrument, one of the orchestra instruments, come, we'll do this. And so, yeah, we had a performance in August. So, yeah, it was it was fun being able to do it again after I hadn't played it since I was in high school was the last time I played it. That is so amazing. I love that. I'm I there's this thing in sort of I think in the US at least I don't know about other cultures I can't speak to that but there is sort of a thing where you're in high school and below you do lots of activities right we're all trying to build that resume for college applications and then once we get to adulthood it all sort of fades away because we have to work and we have bills and things to worry about and health insurance and families but I think it's so important that we keep those passions in our lives because we don't just live to work. We have to fuel every part of ourselves. So that's amazing. I love that. Are you guys doing another performance? Oh, probably in the next summer because when she's doing the high school, when the high school's in, she's being the high yeah. school teacher and she's kind of picking up with that. But yeah, she <laughs> said she wants to do it again this coming summer. So just told her like, you know, because this year, because it was like I tried to relearn the instrument. Well, I mean, because you remember how to play, but your fingers don't remember. Yes. You know? No, the placement is so specific. And I remember it was so like as a kid, it's so easy. You know what I mean? You, you, but as an adult, yeah, no, restarting is, is tricky. But that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I was like, just send me the music early this time. Like, I don't yeah. want to start like when when it. I want to start early so I can practice ahead of time before the totally, first session. Totally. A lot of the other people were people fresh out of high school, like, or maybe just out of college that come back. And it was like, so maybe they hadn't played in a year or two, but that's really different when you haven't <laughs> played a year or two versus 10, Very you know, 15, different. 20 years, right? Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm sure they were so happy to have you because there are no violas. Yeah. No, I was one yeah. of only two violas. Oh, yeah. See, they one just, of the violins I, actually came over and played the viola oh, part. Oh, okay. Amazing. They call it violin yeah, yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people don't love violas. People love the violin. It's all about the violin. But violas are so beautiful. It's such a rich sound. Yeah, no, actually, when my when my daughter was going to play, I was like, anything but violin. Right. Because, like, I, I tried to kind of, like, nudge her towards the viola, but I was like, cello's fine. Like, you, you like yeah, the cello? I love yeah. the sound of the cello. Cello's good. It's like, I just don't want you to be violin because they're yeah, too many. No, I agree. I honestly agree. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not anti-violin, but there are so many violin players. And I think it's just special to have an instrument that not every single person in the world 
it plays or wants to play. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> when you're a kid, and I can say this because I was a child who was learning to play the violin. You know, those high <laughs> notes don't sound great. <laughs> when someone's learning to play it yeah. sounds a lot it's a lot easier to take on the ears when it's a low register yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's amazing cello is a beautiful instrument i know exactly what you're talking about so do you play any instruments now yeah i play my guitar just for fun and sometimes my auto harp but i had i i didn't have to but recently i, I put a bunch of stuff in storage and i'm sort of i don't actually even know i'm i live in la and over the pandemic, it's sort of, I've sort of realized like, why am I here? What am I, what am I doing here? You know, this isn't my city. This isn't, I don't feel like this is home. So that's why I put a bunch of stuff in storage. But yeah, anyway, sometimes I play my guitar, just my acoustic guitar. So did you play the violin for a long time or is that a fairly uh, quick No, thing? that was very short, early childhood. And then I don't know what age, five, six, seven, eight. I was like, nope, no, thank you. I want viola. <laughs> only one viola yeah you can always pick up the viola anytime i know i know i i used to own oh my gosh i used to own this amazing five string viola it was electric too super Mm -hmm. cool because i wanted to like play fiddle music on it and i really it was so tricky for me because this it was a normal size bridge but it had five strings. So they were so close together and it was just was so difficult to play i could never quite get the hang of it But I might visit. You've inspired me. I might visit it again. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. So you've done various kinds of performance over the course of your life, right? Ballet, you've acted, you were a model, but you might still do modeling. I I don't know. No. Thank the Lord, no. (laughs) (laughs) What do you like about performance and getting yourself out in front of people and and doing various kinds of performance? Oh, boy. This might get a little sinister. Um... (laughs) This might be a little bit dark. I don't like being in front of people (laughs) at all. I'm very much an introvert. And over the last year, actually, just recently, I've sort of been doing some self-discovery. I know that sounds so hippy-dippy, but I do not enjoy that aspect of it. I'm very much an introvert. And I honestly just think you want my life. I think I, I played an extrovert very well for the past 27 years. <laughs> but I do really like acting for screen. That is something I enjoy because it's a close family. You know, you're, you're doing this thing. When you're doing it, you're not thinking about however many people are going to watch it on television. Which is different than being on stage because you can see everybody in the audience. <laughs> but yeah, I... I I enjoy performing because it really just feels like you're creating something very magical with the few people that are that are near you for film and TV. And I I really like that. That's cool and exciting and and fun and just awesome to me. But yeah, I think I I grew up in a home where those things were very pushed to be a performer, to do those things. I hate modeling. I hated it when I did it. I did it for a long time. And I did musical theater. I I did, you know, lots of things. And I don't think I really ever had the passion for any of them, but I was definitely encouraged to do them. In a weird way, I don't even think I would be an actor in the capacity I am now if, if I wasn't encouraged to go that direction. I do love it. I love it very, very much. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities I've had 
I wouldn't change it for anything. But I don't know if it were just up to me that I would choose that path just because I am I am I really like to keep to myself I think I'd probably work with animals if I were to do it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I talked with Skylar she said it was basically like a dog park on the set of the gifted because everybody <gasps> oh, would bring their gosh. dogs to work <laughs> it was she is 100% correct everybody has a dog so our number one had two dogs Skylar has a sweet baby named Mady mm-hmm. who else Jamie has Ewag I got Zoe at the very end of season one and then we had quite a few crew members who had pups and we even had a pig on set oh yeah like it's a very small pig and we of course had our amazing actor dog who was in the show who i never got to work with except for one scene so it was very much like a dog park i love that (laughs) yeah it was it was the best best work environment ever yeah yeah she said that the dogs would all be excited to go to work with you know everybody (laughs) you know because they're like oh we get to see our friends oh my gosh yeah oh and then i think we had who else i i'm missing some cast members but there were a few more cast members who had do- oh grace grace had one puppy and then i think her husband had another puppy at at home but there was one that came came to work so yeah it was it was great it was really fun oh that's nice so while you're doing all this performance stuff you didn't let your academics slack in either it sounds like uh because i i understand you're a member of mensa right I am. Yes. Yes. I have been a member of Mensa for a very long time. I've never used the benefits of Mensa ever. I'm just gonna be totally honest. I always think I'm like, but it sounds nice. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't really use it. I should, though. Every year I'm like, eh, I'm going to cancel my membership. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe there's something I want to go to, like a speaker or something. Mm-hmm. And then I never do it. So, <laughs> so maybe someday, but not today. <laughs> So this is what's kind of interesting to me, because usually you find people who are very much into like the arts or they're very much into like technical. And so here you are, you've done all these things in the arts, but also you've studied engineering. You were part of the first robotics team sponsored by NASA and Disney. So you sort of like straddle both of those spheres. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you like about engineering? Oh, everything. It, it's so funny because I don't really subscribe to the left brain, right brain thing, if you can't tell. I would, however, say that I am left brained, which I think people might be surprised since I'm an actor. I very much have always leaned towards math and science, even growing up in school. It was just my favorite thing. But about engineering, I engineering at its heart, at its soul, is is just innovation of tech, right? And everything even if we're like building things that we've built a hundred times over time things change we can't avoid that and i think it it's not that engineering can solve all of our problems or make the ease of life so wonderful but i think it it can do a lot to improve problems that we have and i think it's the most amazing magical cool thing i mean i've never felt prouder than when i've finished a a part in CAD, you know what I mean? Like in SolidWorks, like that's to me is the best, just the best feeling. Like I'm more excited about that than I am when I'm like, oh, my show's premiering tonight. Cause I just, it, it represents something really important to me about kind of, again, I'm sounding like such a hippie, but like the human experience <laughs> almost yeah. just bettering ourselves as a, as a species and seeing how far we can push things. 
I know exactly what you're talking about, though, because even though I don't do programming in my day job, when I was in college and I would do a program, like there's something about having an algorithm yes. just like it all just follows the right, you know, yes. like it does what it's supposed to do. And it's all just like, ah, oh, the simplicity and the perfection of just oh. getting it, like the data to move the way you want it to. And it's just like, ah, oh, that is so satisfying. It's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. It's amazing. And of course, us, when we're doing th these things, whether we're programming or building or designing, what we're doing is only possible because of the work of generations, if not centuries and centuries of engineers and, and, and people who worked in the STEM disciplines before us. So I don't know, it feels very much in a way this amazing thing that we're all just building upon that our ancestors started a million years ago and that we can all just work on as humans. <laughs> That's so dorky, but it is cool. And but and on top of that, robots are freaking cool. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so like, yeah. Did you specialize in a particular form of engineering? Because like robotics combines it all. Or did you have like a robotics study program that you were part of? No, no. I uh, mechanical because oh, okay. that's sort of broad, and you can just do whatever. I'm an electrical engineer, so that's why I asked. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you you get it. Yeah, no, you know, funny, funny you asked. For a long time before I started school, I was really set on being a controls engineer. And that's because I had a mentor who was, I don't want to say a software developer, because that might not be correct. But he did something on that side, you know, on the CS side. But I really enjoyed controls engineering because you it was both things. It was like hand in hand. It was the physical aspect and the electrical aspect. And then it was also the programming and the code behind it. My degree is electrical, but I work as a controls engineer. Oh, so then you're amazing. Yeah, that was I just that really was appealing to me. And then I discovered how fun machinery is. And then I just wanted to do that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I really like that. So what was the project or whatever you were working on as part of First Robotics? Oh, my gosh. Well, First is... Oh, my gosh. First was so much fun. I joined First, I think... There, so there are different levels to the programs and the two high school programs are first tech challenge and first robotics competition. And the former uses sort of pre-made pieces and parts and little servos. And, you know, it, it's like very fun. And so I started in that program and I started taking the robot home. I, I believe without telling people, like without telling my mentors, I would just take it, <laughs> steal it and work on it on the weekends like a psychopath. And then immediately with the bigger robots, which are like six feet tall, 120 pounds, that was starting immediately after. And so I was, I went from an all girls team to an all boys team and I just wanted to build the big guys. And basically they just every, they do different tasks, simple tasks. Cause it's, you know, we're high schoolers, but they can play basketball or pick up frisbees and shoot them into different targets and, and use sensors to track targets and goals and other things like that so it was all it was all nothing too crazy oh yeah climbing stuff oh wait actually now that I think about it it was kind of crazy um, <laughs> but yeah it was it was really really fun and we got to drive the robot too so it was pretty cool I really enjoyed my time at first a lot a lot a lot 
Yeah, my college program, that was the senior project. Both semesters, there was a robot that we divided into teams that we had to do to like, and so it was a competitive challenge yes. type thing amongst yes, yes, all yes. the seniors. And yes. so like, no, I, I love robotics and I love the whole thing. And I love how it straddles, you know, the mechanical, electrical all of programming it. sides of it. And you can do like all those things. And- oh, it's so fun. It's just the best. And also I, d- I do want to point out, Besides just the technical, mechanical, you know, aspects, there's also sort of like the creative aspect. Like, I think engineers are some of the most amazing problem solvers I have ever met in my life, at least the engineers I know, because they do have to think in a different way. And they do, despite what people think about engineers, the stereotype, they're such creative thinkers because their entire job is problem solving. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Although I think my takeaway, at least from from our senior projects, were that <laughs> I saw the other teams. So, so both semesters, I'm going to toot my own horn. We were the winning team. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I saw was that too many times, like they would start getting into designing things that weren't part of the problem just to be cool or whatever. To, and I'd be like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like just going to stay within the constraints yeah. of the project because I want to get it done. And that's what happened. Like people would like spend so much time on these things that they thought oh, it would be things. so cool if it yeah. does this too or whatever and i'm like that's mm-hmm. not part of the project i'm just gonna yeah. like, no <laughs> you did the you did the right thing but that's what i mean you know about how exciting it is like how to design and, and build stuff like it is exciting and you do end up doing things that really have nothing to do with right. <laughs> like when this be sick like you know i can definitely see how that happens yeah. <laughs> but i'm glad you st- stayed on uh task right. So you need to win. <laughs> yeah, I wish I still had the the robot from the second semester. I took it home because the other my teammates didn't care, and I took it home. But like, <laughs> and one like, of my no. move, I've moved several times uh, over the course of my life, and yeah. it ended up getting left behind somewhere. Because I'm oh, like, no. do I really need? I mean, because I say it's a robot, but I mean, like, it was more like it was more like a radio controlled vehicle other than it wasn't, I mean, the on the programming was on board. We didn't radio control, but you know, it's like, it's like a car basically. It's sure, like, yeah, you know, it's, the, a, it's yeah, a robot. It's, it's a yeah. robot though. It's because robot, it, yeah. Yeah. Cause it made decisions based on sensors and exactly. you know, stuff like that. So yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. it left behind. So well, maybe you'll have, have to any. build a new one. Well, that's true. Maybe <laughs> with could. your girls. That would be so fun. Yeah. No, that, that would be cool. If, if they could get them interested in it. Yes. <laughs> that's always the trick right 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 exactly so where have your studies currently taken you well right now i i've actually changed my major to be a double major in mechie and psychology of all things couldn't be farther apart (laughs) you're still trying to combine disparate elements yes i am i'm just trying to still trying to do everything into my adulthood (laughs) could never pick just one thing (laughs) I understand that so well. Yeah, you, yeah, you get it. We're yes. one the same. Yeah. So why are you uh, studying psychology? What appeals to you? Oh my gosh, all of it. It's funny because all the things I literally just said about engineering, I could say the same thing about psychology, you know, studying humans. It's funny. I was actually thinking about, I've been thinking a lot about how none of this means anything right? We're nothing. Humans are, you know, we're a blip on the screen of the greater universe. I was in college once too. I understand those feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you get it. And I, I have this sort of interesting thought about psychology. Like I just, well, the, the, the broader, again, being super 
hippy dippy about it is that how cool that we as a species have decided to figure ourselves out how great how interesting and the real life part of that is that i really just want to help people like as an engineer you can help so many people of course i always wanted to work in prosthesis yes i could help so many people but in psychology you could help people really like one-on-one and i think We're in this new age of speaking publicly about mental health and really people being aware that previous generations were not given the resources to just live peacefully. And I would really like to be a part of that change that I see happening in some capacity, maybe clinically, but I could also be being an engineer. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just want to make sure I have all my options open for whatever I think would best suit my life and maybe fulfill me in some way. That's that's very cool. I like that. (laughs) Is it or am I crazy? (laughs) We're not supposed to say crazy, but you know what I mean? I have so many intros. Yeah, what? This one kind of came out of left field, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you talked about biomedical. I just, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Nova, but it's like a documentary yes, series that course. PBS does. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, And they, they, not too long ago, they had a one about like the innovations now with prostheses and how, you know, like before when they do amputations, like you just cut everything off, but now they try yeah. to keep as many nerves yes, and everything. Yes. And the creation of arms and legs that actually you can think and make the thing move. Yeah. And, you oh, know, it's, it's, it's wild. really cool. It's so inspirational and so amazing how far we've come with this technology. And the thing is, and I've always, I've said this for the past 10 years of my life, we have the ability to do these things, to make, I mean, for for lack of a better term, cyborgs, make us all cyborgs, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just, there's something stopping it from being commercially available, readily out there for the general populace. And I don't know what that thing is, but I would love to be part of the team that figures it out. Because, yeah, we are doing these absolutely incredible things. Like, now we're 3D printing parts, different parts of the body, different organs. I mean, so many wild and really remarkable things are going on, but sort of behind the scenes. I just am excited to see where we end up. How much further can we press it? How far can we push the limits of what we think is possible? Or what we, what we, how far we can push, you know, innovation and all that? Like, what could we do? Because I I think about like 50 years ago, people thought, you know, stuff we're doing now was ridiculous. What are you talking about? That's never going to happen. That's like fantasy land. That's in a comic book. But now we do so many amazing things. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see where humans get. I might not be here when we get somewhere really spectacular, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, the machine brain interface stuff, they keep working with that and developing it. They really do. They really do. And it's so... Oh, I don't know. It makes me it makes me think. <laughs> it really gets to me. Yeah, no, though, that's very cool though. So uh, getting back to the acting side of things. Yes. Has there been any kind of role or character that you've enjoyed playing in more than any other? Oh my gosh, Lorna Dane, Miss Polaris herself. She I she will always be my my favorite. I think there were a few. I've played a lot of murderers, so those are always fun. But on a human level, Lorna was Oh my gosh. She's just the perfect, the honestly, the perfect role for, I think any actor would be grateful to play that character because it wasn't just the running around fighting, using your powers, blah, blah, blah. 
we explored a lot more and not just for Lona, for all the characters, we got to explore their backstories, you know, for people that are quote unquote super, they were so, so human in so many aspects. And that was really cool to be able to play because I think a lot of, at least in my experiences, a lot of shows or films in order to tell a story, have to brush off those human parts of people and let it go because you only have so many minutes of screen time you can use. And I think our show didn't do that. We, in fact, spent extra time on the background and things that make the mutants really people. Yeah, no, and that's, in fact, what I was talking about. So I'm glad that that's the thing that you mentioned because the comics do that a lot. They go a lot into, yeah. like, the humanity of the characters. And you, you can, mm. in a serialized format, you got plenty of time to do that. But the movies have to concentrate on the action-adventure yeah. story. And yeah. so some of those are really awesome as far as, like, the spectacle on the screen and whatnot. Totally, yeah. Uh, you know, which they obviously was bigger than in The Gifted where you have a TV budget. But The Gifted gets the humanity of the mutants. Yeah. And that's what I really liked about that because, uh, you know, you could tell that. You could tell that story, so... I'm glad that's what you liked about it. Yeah, that was definitely, I mean, so, and not just for the mutants, for the humans as well. Those are really dark, layered storylines. But yeah, and you know what? No hate to like big superhero movies. I love them just as much as the next person. I cried during Endgame and whatever else, and we all did. But it's nice to take those moments, those really quiet moments, if you will. Exactly. And like I say, I understand the difference in the format. So there are, I love the movies. Yeah, too, yeah. No, same. Like, yeah. But I'm always going to be more interested in putting the character. That's um, Stan Lee, who did a, who invented a lot of the comics for Marvel. Yes. You know, X-Men was one of them. He always said that they put the character in comics. And that's why I like the Marvel bent more because DC took more of the these are superheroes they put their hands on their hips and they call everybody chum and you know stuff like yes, that. They did that for a I, yes. lot longer than yes. Marvel did, which was trying to put, care, you know, talk more about character in early time. Now, obviously, both comics companies have been around for so long, they, they kind of cross-pollinate. Of course, yeah. But Marvel and the th- emphasis on the people inside the costumes is what I like about them. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, you just said the thing about calling people chum, because I think that Marvel does a really good job at writing personable, I don't know if that's right, the right word, Real life dialogue, if that makes sense. As real as it can be for, for comics. Right, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm always like, oh, that's something I would say. Or that's something that a human in real life would say. So, yeah, it's 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 awesome. And they do a great job. Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about how much you love Lorna. But is there an ideal role or something that you would be like, oh, if I could play this, this would be the most awesome thing that I could play? Oh, Lorna, Lorna. <laughs> okay, so Lorna was it. You've already peaked. There's well, no I would role. like to. Well, I would like to play Lorna in maybe a different capacity. Sure, I think it would yes. be very fun to see her with a family member or two, depending on what your beliefs of certain characters is. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Kevin Feige, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Emma Dumont is available to play no, Polaris in the MCU. <laughs> they don't want me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure of it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I can't think of a role. I mean, I just hope that every role I play is, has the same depth and gets to be cool. And someone I honestly, I like to play people I like. And I've so so infrequently been able to play characters that I like genuinely I spent a few years playing a character that I absolutely despised 
like hated it. Like there's some like there's this weird thing that actors say, some weird philosophy where they're like, you have to like your characters. You have to love and understand them, even if you're playing a murderer. And that's cool for them. But I don't believe in that. And if I don't like a character, I'll just say, like, I hate this character. And I remember wrapping that show and my showrunner came up to me and he was like, you really hated that character. And I was like, yep. Yep, I did. Because I the second we wrapped, I changed my my look completely, dyed my hair, cut it. He was like, whoa, you really hated her. And I'm like, yep, I really did. But she was great for the story. And that's okay. We don't have to, like, be best friends with the characters we play. And I think, I don't know, some actors feel like you really have to be in their head and like them and understand them. I don't think that. Some things characters do, I will never understand. And that's okay. Yeah, I understand, I think. So how aware of the X-Men were you before you played Lorna? I think as much as anyone... I mean, they're, I mean, who doesn't know about the X-Men? Do you know what I mean? Like, of course, I've seen the films and all that. And I was really, really excited. But I also didn't have any clue what the project was. They don't tell you any information. So I didn't know, is it based on a comic? Is it something new? So when I, when I got the role, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't go pick up a comic and, like, research or do anything like that. But yeah, I I did. I was already a fan of X-Men. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? Because I mean, Lorna is not a character that gets a lot of prominence in a lot of iterations of X-Men and the various spinoffs. So was that a character you knew of or was that something you had to learn about through playing the role? I think I knew of her because I remember being really blown away when they told me who my character was. God, it was so long ago now, but I do remember having to do a ton of research. I whipped out those X factors like nobody's business. <laughs> and in, and and doing so became a huge fan, like really, really got into them. And then, of course, she went to X-Men recently and blah, blah, blah. But, you know. I was actually <laughs> impressed at Dragon Con because I heard you talking with some people further ahead in line and I was like, oh, you actually know who like, you know, you know, beyond your show. Like, who oh, yeah, no, is. for sure. I oh my God. I mean, Lorna Sally Dane is mutant royalty. And I was well, they also gave us free access to all the comics digitally. Oh, nice. So what am I going to do? Not do a deep dive? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. It was like such a cool opportunity. And yeah, I think I, I, it's embarrassing to say, but I think I probably was the one who was got most into the comics out of our cast. It was really, I was so obsessed with Lorna. I really was. I loved her like a sister i may have heard that through the grapevine also oh really wait what did you hear oh no (laughs) oh no just just a very small comment along those lines that you were the one that really got into it yeah i was i was (laughs) oh my gosh yes i was and then i remember my amazing cast members gifted me what was it it was i think it was was it her first i think it was lorna's first a comic book appearance they got a copy of it and gifted it to me framed for my birthday that's a 60s comic so mm-hmm. that's some money somebody spent to get mm-hmm. that to you that's mm-hmm. nice yes i believe that was from them or it could have been no i'm pretty sure that was that one people have been very generous and gifted me many comics <laughs> so i'm just like I, I lose track but yeah i believe that was one from them but yeah that was yeah 
Oh my gosh. Yes. When she had like the swoopy, she had like swoopy side bangs. Oh my gosh. Yes. Lorna. Sweet Lorna. When she like wasn't a person yet. You know what I mean? Right. Like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that original costume was not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were some things lacking, but you know. Right. <sighs> Okay, that's awesome. I, I love that you got into it because like, yeah, I think it's getting more now because the MCU is popular and, and, and you know, yeah. more people are coming in. But I think there's always been this kind of disdain for comic books and comic book media. <gasps> Do you think so? Oh, maybe. Well, yeah. Oh, maybe. I, I mean, maybe I'm just projecting because my own parents were kind of like, you're oh, reading no. comic books and you're a teenager. Like, that's for like little oh, kids. Oh, really? You know? Oh, my yeah. gosh. I think the exact opposite. I think comic books are solely for adults and probably children should not be reading them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff in there that's, you know, adult themed. Well, no, no. And that's what I, the point I was going to make. I think that there's a lot in X-Men especially, but yes. in a lot of comic books that really goes well beyond just the kids who want to see people using superpowers to fight each other. Totally. There's a lot of meat there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anytime I hear somebody really get into it as an adult, I'm like, yeah, see, that's that's it. You know, somebody yes. gets it. So yes. <laughs> I would say I would I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some heat for this but I would say maybe the powers are the least exciting part you know what I mean mm-hmm. well no I take that back actually <laughs> no they're pretty cool never mind I take yeah, that back yeah, no. you told me when we talked before you were like I wish they gave us more stuff to do with oh powers, I do so. <laughs> I so do oh my gosh I'm I'm such a jerk but I really do not that I'm bad mouthing my, my own right. show but I really do wish we had more powers more stuff to do and we would have in season three but that's okay what's that like because you don't have the vfx obviously when you're doing it and you're just doing like hand motions and oh stuff. oh my gosh <laughs> let me tell you it is the best experience i've ever had in my life this is so this is actually so embarrassing so yeah you go to set you put on the costume they put you in the wig and then you just throw up your hands and things happen in front of you things explode <laughs> people fly it's the coolest sometimes you fly or levitate whatever i was never allowed to say fly they're like no she levitates and i'm like okay but it, it is the most it probably made me so full of myself i'm sure <laughs> just kidding but it was like very almost empowering is that weird and stupid to say it was no, so I, cool I get that. because it's you it's like something kids dream about do you know what i mean and it's happening i'm just saying Sir Ian McKellen strolled into the X-Men set one day and just said, Brian, I feel like flying today. So not only can he say flying and not levitating, but if Sir Ian McKellen can think that's cool, I think that it's okay if, if you think that's really cool. Oh my God, that's really, that makes me feel a lot better, actually. <laughs> he said that there was an interview once where Brian Singer, who directed those movies, talking about, yeah, like Ian McKellen just strolled in one day and was like, Brian, I feel like flying today. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, what a man. Um, that's Okay, then I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, it was freaking awesome. And I got to like, from my point of you feel like I had actual powers and actually it like got into my psyche because I would have dreams where I would save people using Polaris's powers what is wrong with me what is wrong with me I'm insane <laughs> no that's cool that's cool yeah we gotta we, we gotta get this over to the MCU people they gotta hear this because it's like you're the natural person to play oh my god Polaris. that's really no I think there are so many people that could probably do a, a better job 
Oh, don't I. say that. Don't no, say that. No, no, it's true. I mean, you're already there. You were already cast. Like I was, but they don't want. <laughs> I, me. I, I, I know. I'm sure they're going to want their own people, like across yes, the board. Of, yes, of course. They want to hire who's someone super famous. Um, uh, Sydney Sweeney. She's famous, right? I don't know. <laughs> someone else, not me. <laughs> but that's okay. They'll do a great job yeah. if they if they ever do. <laughs> Maybe an Easter egg sometime. Maybe they'll yeah, they'll bring you yeah. in. Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah is there anything that you wanted to do with lorna that because the show only had two seasons you weren't able to do oh my goodness so much well the main thing that i kept demanding because <laughs> i'm a diva was the freaking cutout bodysuit where is my bodysuit i want it and that was so not our show like we weren't the boys you know what i mean we all wore jeans and ripped up t-shirts that we were not doing at any point anything any bodysuits at all i did get the headpiece which was like oh that's a big deal but i wanted a bodysuit and i wanted it now <laughs> no i'm just kidding and i also really wanted to because of course back to the flying thing <laughs> i really wanted to be able to levitate using the iron in the earth's core or you know like control people with the iron in their blood but instead, because Lorna's powers were pretty weak, she had to use other things like she's flying because she's lifting up herself by her belt or, you know, things like that. But I wanted to really get into her powers and use them on a, a much more a stronger level, you know, like her dad. <laughs> and, you know, on the, uh, the other side of things, the not not so fun, but really important side, I always wanted to explore Lorna's mental health more because that's something that we specifically chose to bring over from the comics. And I always thought that was so important because our show wasn't, it was made during a time where, you know, in the teens where things were changing on TV, but they weren't quite where they are today. So we didn't really dive into, into it. Well, not, that's not why, but I just thought it was like very cool that we had some representation on our show. And I have always said Lorna struggling with bipolar has nothing to do with who she is. It is so insignificant and so unimportant to who she is. But at the same time, I would have really loved to explore that and have some representation and not just her mental health struggles, but also what it's like to be someone who doesn't have access to health care to medical care to a psychiatrist to any sort of you know we we did talk about on the show how you know mutants can't go to the doctor which is a, a unfortunately very very real thing in, in our society today and not for mutants of course but i just thought it would be interesting to dive into that some more yeah no it was something that i thought was really interesting but then you're right. I don't think the writing really, especially in the second season, it was kind of almost like not really talked about or just kind of pushed aside because you had the whole pregnancy. You had the whole child storyline. to like. I can't that. even talk about the baby. I can't even talk about it. Well, that's the thing. She was pregnant. And so I'm thinking, oh, great. This is an awesome time to speak on postpartum depression. And I think it is something people know about, but it isn't something that's really talked publicly about a ton. But there's also other other things women and not just women, but anyone who has a uterus struggles with 
postpartum, you know, anxiety, there were all these things. And, but we, we didn't do that. We didn't do any of that. And they really changed Lorna quite a bit in season two. And I had a hard time like connecting with her or really playing, playing her. Cause we, we came back from our hiatus. You get to work, you think you're playing the same character. And then everyone's telling you, no, no, don't do that. Speak softly, take your rings off don't stomp around, be nice. You have a baby now. And I don't really think that's quite correct. Who a person is doesn't change once they have a child. They're still themselves. I mean, people do, of course, change, I think, for the better when they have children, of course. But I don't think, like, truly her, like, sense of self should have changed as much as it did. I remember I came to set that first day and I walked into the bedroom set and I'm not trying to be cruel or judgmental or anything like that but i do remember that they had they meaning the whole team whoever it was directors producers set deck everyone decided that there was i walked in and there was a pink bedspread and and pink pillows and i'm not saying pink can't be a strong color but baby pink in a like white beige room just didn't scream lorna to me personally but did Reva? I can't remember enough of the details because I thought Reva kind of like set up all of that for Lorna, and Lorna may not have had as much control over it. No, you you are correct, but does pink seem like a Reva color? No, I just didn't like that they because they didn't keep any of her things. There were no knives out. We didn't see her rings laying on the bed bed stand. She didn't like have little metal things that she plays with or anything. It was just very sterile and very, very, I felt not Lorna because she can choose her bedspread. If we're talking like real life, do you know what I mean? Like people can change their bedspread and they get to choose it because they pick it out of the closet. And I just, I did, I requested, I'm such a brat and I can't (laughs) believe I'm revealing that I'm such a horrible diva brat, but I did request any other color. (laughs) <laughs> like, please, any other color but baby pink. And they brought in a sort of like baby mint green color, which yeah. I thought was wonderful, like so perfect, you know? Right. But yeah, they really changed her. And there was even some, oh gosh, there was some strength, strange things that were written where my character was supposed to hold hands with Percy's character, Andy, who I think his character was 16 or 17 at the time time or wait no no that was no he was younger he was playing i think 15 in season two because natalie i think her character was 16 then 17 so anyway they really want us wanted us to be holding hands during the delivery of the baby and that felt really weird to me (laughs) there were some weird decisions like with people in the way like like i don't think they intended it to either but there was some stuff between andy and lauren that was a little weird like was also really? in season two <gasps> where i'm like i'm like if oh, this no. if these were brothers <laughs> and sisters i think they would be trying to imply that there's like a romantic connection and i don't think they mean to but it just oh, seems no. like weird like the way that they were touching each other and it's all just like really like i just i feel uncomfortable watching these <laughs> scenes. Oh my gosh, a, yeah but that's not a tricky thing because i think their powers they sort of had to be close and they had yeah. to like would join the the Fenris together (laughs) that's so funny oh my gosh I hope (laughs) maybe I'll take a look at season two again (laughs) 
very uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, so there were some things that I was, I was just like, please don't make me hold hands with a minor while I'm, you know, while my characters. <laughs> I think it's inappropriate and odd, frankly. <laughs> but that also just like took away from her her strength. Like I don't understand. Well, yeah, and it's not like she was particularly close, even though Andy had been there with the group and he was one yeah, of the few that yeah. went over with her. It's like, it's not like the two of them had been particularly close. No, it was either. like, it because it was at the beginning of season two. It was sort of like she kidnapped him at the end of season one. Remember, he was like, <laughs> I'm going with them. And then she's right, like, You're talking about your wardrobe, though. I have to ask you because I remember laughing so hard. And I know I'm not supposed to. I know it's awful. <laughs> Wait, but at the Tell end me. of season one, when you show up to tell them <laughs> that you're going off with the Brotherhood. Oh, no. And it's like Lorna took the time to go stop off at the supervillain oh store yes, before yes. showing up. With the, I was in a jumpsuit, like a v, deep V uh, yeah. cut jumpsuit with a studded leather jacket. Honestly, I freaking love that outfit so much. But yes, she did. And I'm like, did she get a new job? Like, how did she afford this? Because the whole season we see her in sort of like raggedy clothes. And then all of a sudden she's loaded and can afford a beautiful villain costume. Oh, it's like, oh, she really wants to tell them that yes I'm going off with the villains it's now because I'm going to show you that I am it's a little on the nose but I liked it I'm oh, not okay. going to complain but yeah no I get what you're saying <laughs> I thought it was an odd choice especially when you know we were making a big deal about her being pregnant and everything I'm like this seems like an odd thing to wear she's like I'm a villain now watch out <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah 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 look i think we did a good job i think we tried really hard there were some interesting odd things but it's hard because i think part of it is making television is so different than making films the turnaround is so fast they're making changes on the fly we're all adjusting all this stuff they're changing outfits and every department is trying their best to keep up and I think maybe that's when we have things that might slip through the crack a little bit. Like, apparently, the Fenris twin, the sister and brother, having some weird <laughs> stuff going on. But, you know, we just try our best. I don't know. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, both my wife and I were looking at each other like this is this is like a little oh odd, gosh, don't you think? I can't believe that. <laughs> wow, that's so unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Uh, if you watch it, like on set, it might look different, but I'm just saying the way they watch it, the way they frame it, yeah, the way the music is playing, I'm like, it's like you know, I could believe that this was supposed to be like two teens yeah, in a romantic, know. you know, sort of situation. Interesting. <laughs> Very <laughs> interesting. I mean, those two, Natalie and Perzier. Oh my gosh, the talent in those two. And they were both so young during the project. They were pretty unbelievable. But yeah, I guess in, in a way I get how that could come across their relationship because it was so, it was volatile. It was very high stakes. Like there was a lot going on, but eh. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't there for those. So yeah, yeah, I get it. But yeah, so was there any particular person that you liked working against? Tyler! Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she already pitched Tyler. Mutants in the City on the show. Yes, yes, good. Yeah, our <laughs> spinoff, our, our sitcom spinoff that we literally <laughs> spoke about every day and really wanted to make happen. I love Skylar and Grace. Grace Byers and Skylar Samuels. Oh my gosh, they are just heaven. The most amazing women I've ever met in my life, quite frankly. Just chef's kiss. Wonderful, not only flawless and amazing and so 
such professionals and so wonderful to work with in a professional capacity. But also there's no one else I would rather spend 18 hours on set with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. on a human level, like hanging out. Oh my gosh, Skylar. And her, she, oh, Grace loves tea. Her favorite thing is going to high tea in every city she goes to. So we went to high tea in Atlanta. <laughs> and then Skylar was always doing crosswords and speaking French. Did you know she spoke French like fluently? I it's did unbelievable. Not know that. Yes. I didn't know that either. But yeah, just two really absolutely astonishing women that I'm so grateful I had the pleasure to work with. Just the best. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any fun stories from behind the scenes? I wish I did. This set wasn't the best place for having fun behind the scenes time. <laughs> we were on a very rushed schedule because we had a lot to do. And in the past, I usually on set like to do maybe some pranks, maybe on the last day, maybe we do a, some funny, funny stuff. I'm pretty sure I pitched to Sean, who played my love interest Eclipse, many times. Let's switch clothes and then start the scene. And <laughs> it just wasn't the right time or place for any of that. But yeah, so this wasn't really that that sort of deal. It was mostly just everyone working really hard and trying to survive in the heat, <laughs> all that stuff. But I wish I had some fun stories. I mean, the only main thing is we used to have this couch in season one, our set. The mutant hideout in season one had this couch and then we, we would all try to fit on it in something that Sean referred to as cuddle puddles because we would all be sitting on this couch <laughs> trying to squeeze and sitting on top of each other. Um, nice. yeah. We talked about Polaris. We talked about would you like to play her again and all that kind of stuff. But are there any other characters that you're aware of in either Marvel or DC or I guess superheroes in general that you would like to play? I would do almost anything to play Jessica Jones. Oh, yes. You have the look for it, too, I think. <gasps> that is so sweet. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that a lot. You have no idea. I love Jessica Jones, love the comics, love the show. Talk about a, a layered and, and dark character. I mean, what a dream to be able to play that character. That would be... I mean, I I also love Dazzler, but for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. All right. So so this you had no idea. I love Dazzler. Wait, I absolutely really? love oh Dazzler. I've mentioned it so, and you know she got like two seconds in uh, Dark Phoenix. Uh, you know the latest movie they put out. I, and, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. But here's the thing. I love I. I love 70s era disco dazzler. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. The roller skates. Um, of course. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. I was like, oh my goodness. I am obsessed with dazzler. And I always like jokingly say, oh, move, be quiet, please. Sorry, that's my dog. Yeah. I always jokingly say that, like, I want to play dazzler. I'm not the right choice for dazzler. We all know this. <laughs> but oh my gosh, yes. The 70s, the every, the hair, all of it. Oh my gosh, the bodysuit. It's given, it's so. It's a disco ball, 70s, everything party. But you've been blonde before. You could be blonde for well, a Well, it's not just role. about, look, I'm a great roller skater. Um, Not a great <laughs> singer. <laughs> uh, can't sing, can really roller skate. But I just don't feel like I'm, cor like, correct physically. Like, I don't think I look like Dazzler. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, it's not the right vibe, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. Like nowadays, we're, we're doing a lot less of casting people based on looks, and there are all kinds of roles for people. No, are you're the role you're, where, you're like, totally right. 
I think it's also just that I would want to see someone else play Dazzler because I don't think I could do Dazzler justice. But I love that you love Dazzler. I talk about Dazzler all the time and everyone's like, who? who? I'm like, no, I actually have. All right. I have the first three issues of Dazzler's <gasps> original comic. No, you do not. I do. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'm so obsessed. Oh, my goodness. Oh. So cool. Dazzler. Dazzler's that so is a great cool. choice. I love that that's, that, that that's like your character. You're like, oh, I love Dazzler. Yes. Yeah, I do love Dazzler a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. So what have you been doing, you know, acting wise since The Gifted got off the air? And do you have any roles coming up? Do I? Probably not. I've mostly been doing school. Oh, I was in a Chris Nolan film earlier this year. So that's coming out next year, maybe. I'll probably get cut out in the edit. But... <laughs> That's okay. I had a good time. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, I'm trying to give you the ability to say something about it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to cut me out, so it's fine. <laughs> I mean, they probably will. But yeah, that was a good time. It's a period piece, long script, Manhattan Project. So it's going to be great. I'm going to want to see it. And also, it's sort of revealing all the sort of sinister stuff about the Manhattan Project, which I think is not really many people know about so that will be very exciting i was in a film called wrong turn that came out over the pandemic and that was fun to film i got to die which is always fun i did no killing i only did dying how great for me well there you go yeah no you're diversifying (laughs) yes yeah yeah mixing it up that was wonderful i got to spend time in ohio and kentucky for that and i went to that music festival bourbon and beyond while we were filming this is nothing to do with the film, but I, it's a fun just personal story. Um, yeah, so I had a, had a great time. It's great. And what else do I have going on? Nothing really. I'm just a full-time student right at this moment, and it is taking up my entire life, which is always great. Yeah. So when you're not going to school, when you're not acting, what are your interests outside of that? When you have free time. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? My main interest is walking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I love to walk. Any any kind in particular or just, no, just walking just around walking, the block? Just walking as long and far as I want. Sometimes I take my dog. Sometimes I put her in a stroller because I like to walk really far. This sounds so strange now that I'm saying it out loud. But yeah, I'm such a walker. I grew up in Seattle and you walked everywhere. And I'm so I'm just like a walk. Like that's an activity that I do that I think is a hobby of mine. <laughs> I remember when we filmed the pilot for The Gifted, I would always, we were at a hotel in downtown Dallas and I would just, the days I wasn't filming, I would just walk as far as I wanted to, could, in my ginormous heavy Doc Martens and then I'd turn around and walk back. I just, I don't know. I love walking. Okay, let's think of something interesting because that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Let me think of something else to share that makes me sound less crazy. I also enjoy, hmm... What else do I enjoy? I don't know. I have no idea. Am I boring? Maybe I am boring. Do you like reading? Do you like... <laughs> you know what? I I really enjoy... I really enjoy playing words with friends. No. Oh my gosh. No, I'm so boring. I was going to say knitting and I was like, don't say that, Emma. That's so boring. And then I said words with friends, which just might be worse. I'm a grandmother. I swear. I, I, am... I was about to say, like, do you have a senior citizen's <laughs> discount? I probably, yeah, at Denny's. They let me get the $10 <laughs> Grand Slam. Um, 
I wish I was more interesting. I'm just absolutely not. Okay. Well, it's fine. It's fine. You you, you have so many things that we've already talked about. Okay. Good, good, good. I mean, I think the only thing we didn't mention is I think you were part of a roller derby for some time. I love, yes, I do love roller skating. But I, I do read. And right now I'm reading the Dexter series because I had never read it. I only watched the show. So it's good so far. I mean, is it good? There's some questionable things that might not hold up today, but you know, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's always a problem with everything, isn't it? Like, yeah, know, totally. Yeah. Any, any, anything that's been around for any length of time, it's like, oh yeah, by our modern sensibilities, there's something. Oh, there for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know. That's my guilty, my guilty pleasure read. I should have said I'm, I'm reading. I don't know something inspiring. If you're gonna watch TV, movie, read a book, is there a particular genre you like? I just can't do anything. I'm at a place in my life where I just want peace and happiness. So I can't do anything dramatic. Like I could not go back right now and watch Jessica Jones. It would not keep my attention. I just want something funny, something light. Same for books. I just, you know. You're reading Dexter? I know. I'm like something light. <laughs> Dexter. I, but it is kind of, you know what I mean? It's it funny, is kind of it's light. light. Like, it's like, it's not, it's kind of, well, I don't know if it's funny, but it is light. It's not something very, th- that makes you think a lot. And I would say this. Oh, I take back what I just said. I'm so crazy. I'm like, I only like comedies. But then I've been watching. I've been binging horror films like a crazy person. That's what I expected to hear you say. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, something a little light. I'll say for TV. Yeah. yeah. Horror films, just light ones. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the light ones that we all know and love. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of a lot of horror films i go through phases with horror films where i'll like watch a bunch and then i'll be like i watched them all and then a few more will come out and i'll watch those but yeah okay <laughs> that's the media i like i don't know yeah no, no that's cool that's cool so i understand that you're podcasting now you have your own show i am or i'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> so what can you tell us about the now and then podcast oh my gosh thank you for asking so my friend Haley and i decided that we would sort of podcast about all things that were sort of nostalgic millennial nostalgia from our childhood and teens so we we like recap and review movies from those times the ones we enjoyed because who doesn't love the feeling of going back in time and feeling all those warm and fuzzies that you felt when you were a kid and trying to capture some of that magic because lord knows the world is crumbling around us But what we found is that most of the films, like you just said, don't hold up at all, are highly offensive, (laughs) like probably shouldn't be out there. So it's really us just tearing to shreds old movies that we used to watch. (laughs) Okay, okay. I feel like you're doing it kind of disservice to people that are... Because I mean, a lot of the movies that you've reviewed aren't movies that I've seen, but you did do Adam's Family, and I feel like you didn't really tear Adam's Family to shreds. You did point out, you know, a couple things. Yeah, Adam's Adam's Family is a great movie. We didn't have to say anything. It's almost (laughs) as flawless. It's perfection. Yeah, there are a few. We did School of Rock, which is obviously fantastic. We did a few that were uh, pretty perfect, but there are quite a few that are just icky vibes icky and strange and also we're finding just that like sometimes it's not even that there are things that are offensive or whatever but there are things that just don't make sense and as kids you don't think about you're like oh that's a major plot point that didn't get explained but as a child you're like ah fun so yeah it's been interesting Uh, uh, yeah it's been interesting (laughs) it's a very fun show i will say to anybody 
Because I've listened oh, to a few of them. I've listened to the ones you. where I've seen the movie, oh, and so, so I sweet. can. <laughs> to make that, <laughs> I appreciate it's it. It's not as negative because I feel like now people are going to be like, "Oh, well, they're just tearing into movies. I don't want to <laughs> listen to that." Uh... It's not like what you might be thinking as far as just harsh, horrible criticism. <laughs> I mean, don't listen to the um, ten things I hate about you one, but skip oh, that no, one. Oh no, yeah, like... I was going to say you must have not seen that one. <laughs> that, that one was kind of harsh. I was like, should we even release this? It was so bad. But yeah, no, it is fun. We have a we have a good time. We we joke around and it's it's fun for us. It's cool. And it's and you know, people have written us and been like, oh, I I used to watch this film and I forgot about it completely. So this was like a fun travel back in time. Yeah, no, no. It's really great. And of course you're still going with it. And it's fun. Listen, I I'm I'm interested to see. Because I did send a few to Haley suggestions of oh! movies that fit into your time frame that you're sort of looking at. And so okay, like amazing. things that I've seen. So hopefully, you know, you'll play some of those so I can listen to more of your episodes and understand what's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we're very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend people check it out. Oh, thank you. Yes, please, please listen. Or don't. If you hate it, that's fine. Too. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to force you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Emma, it has been so much fun having you on the show. I really enjoyed talking with you. Feel free to come back anytime. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've had a a blast. I know I blabber on and on, so I do apologize for that. (laughs) Oh no, it's fine. It's all interesting content, so it's all all good. (laughs) I'm not that interesting, but yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nathan. (laughs) You're welcome. But take care, Emma, and we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Amazing. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to the 42 cast, copyright 2023. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.